It's Thursday, so you know what that means. There's no Vanderbilt. So no crossover Thursday, but we're still previewing Florida versus Vandy here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday, Thursday. Oof, I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole non-sports and Giants country of SI.com. And yeah, like I said, there, there's no Locked On Vanderbilt, so... Not a crossover, but we're still doing the same thing we do every Thursday, and we're we're starting off with the biggest, the biggest story, biggest headline, whatever you want to call it. It's what we're starting off with for Florida. I think it's a weird one because I think some people are, you know, uh, everything happening off the field, which is obviously a massive headline. With, I mean, just this week, Trent Whitmore's gone, Nick Elksness is gone. Duan Black is gone. Uh, Griffin McDowell is gone. And wishing the best for all of them. But that's not the biggest headline for me because the biggest headline going into the Vanderbilt game is the Vanderbilt game. Yes, you're bowl eligible. What I need to see, not even what I need to see, what I want to see, can this Florida Gators defense continue the performance from the second half of Texas A&M and the entire South Carolina game? Because here's the thing. Where, yes, Florida's obviously the better team than South Carolina. They were obviously the better team than Texas A&M. And they're obviously the better team than Vanderbilt. But it is so incredibly difficult to play good defense for not even just two quarters, but for four quarters and then six quarters. And now you're trying to push it to seven, eight, nine, and ten quarters. It's very difficult to do that. It's possible. Don't get me wrong. It is very possible to do that. But it's very difficult to be that consistent. And by playing good defense, I mean dominant defense. Like like playing damn good defense. If you give up a drive, a touchdown, whatever it might be here or there, that's fine. Like I'm not the type where I go, you need to have a shutout. You need to shut teams out for six quarters, ten quarters, whatever it is. No, I'm fine with playing good defense. What I want to know is can you continue the dominant performance? You don't need to continue the dominant performance. But for me... That's the thing where I'm watching it. And I'm, I'm paying very close attention to what this Florida Gators defense does. Also, just with this defense uh, in, in general, I want to see if they're going to toy around with anything schematically. They probably shouldn't. But if there's any game we're going to, it should be this game where it's like, okay, well, we're already we've locked in a bowl game. We are like we have a great game next week where we're probably not going to be able to experiment stuff unless it gets out of hand on either side. So if there's any game where you're going to, it's probably this one. I don't think you should, but I'm interested to see if they do. Um, just because I want to see if they do it. For Vanderbilt's side, I think if you're Vanderbilt, you have to go into this game with kind of the mindset of... You ha- you have I mean, I guess you have something to lose because Vanderbilt they have two games left if I'm not mistaken uh, double checking this right now 
yeah, they've got Florida and they've got Tennessee. Um, if they win both, they're bowl eligible. So slim chance, we'll say. But I mean, you going into last week, you were three and six if you're Vanderbilt. Your only wins came against Hawaii, Elon, and Northern Illinois. You had not beaten a Power Five team. You beat, you beat a Mountain West school, a MAC school, and a not not even P five G five. You beat an FCS program against the SEC. You've lost a lot. You, you've lost a lot of games, and it hasn't looked super promising for you, which expected. It's Vanderbilt. We know expectations were low. Um, it is what it is. But can you win big as underdogs again? Because Vanderbilt, big underdogs going into the Kentucky game, most people did not think that they would that they'd make it, um, myself included, or that they would win that game, myself included. I thought it would be closer than the spread. I think the spread was like three touchdowns. I thought it would be closer than that just because – it's Kentucky. They don't blow teams out like that. Like, that's just not what they do. That's not their style. So I thought it'd be closer than that. Um, I did not think that they would lose the game. Uh, and I didn't think Vanderbilt would win the game. But now, you're again. Two touchdown underdogs this week. Can you do it again? I don't know. I don't think they can. Um, but if you're Vanderbilt, that's got to be the thing. It's like, can you string together two Two SEC wins, not just this season, but back-to-back. Um, I don't know about that one. I don't. Um, and I think for both sides, you have to at least acknowledge big storyline, the weather. Um, the weather, of course, like, like, and I get it. Yes, this game is in Tennessee. They are more used to the cold weather. You are correct in saying that. But low 30s, it's, it's tough. Like, And make no mistake, yes, it's a game in Tennessee. They are obviously more used to the cold weather, but this isn't Ohio. This isn't Pennsylvania. You're not used to the cold like that. I think that's an important thing where everybody wanted to talk about, everybody wants to talk about Anthony Richardson on Monday going, yeah, uh, if I have to wear socks, it's cold. If the wind is blowing... I'm cold. All this stuff about how Florida is coming up from Florida to play in this cold weather game. Tennessee's not used to playing in 30 degrees weather. Like, that's just not what Tennessee does. Every away game, for, or almost every away game for Tennessee, is in a warmer weather place than they're used to playing. Yes. But even then, the cold that they're used to playing is cold by SEC standards. It's, you know, 50s most of the time. This 30s, ridiculous, um, but it's not something that they're used to doing. They played Northern Illinois, great. You did that in what, September? Yes, yeah, September. It wasn't a cold game. It snowed the other day in, in a MAC game. Like, so it, it's not a thing that either of these sides are used to. The cold is a thing for both sides. I think people have to acknowledge that. It's not just, oh, Florida's got to come up from Florida to the cold. Yes, Florida's at a bigger disadvantage, but it's not as drastic a difference as I think people are making it out to be. Uh, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Who knows? I would hope that Florida this week has been practicing with just the facility indoors, first of all, the indoor facility, but also making it 
as cold as they possibly could. Because uh, that's probably your best bet. We're about to talk about key matchups going into this game. But first, today's episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by Nugenics. And, you know, as, as people get older, they get a bit of a dad bod. Um, not me, but, you know, I, I, I'm i not as great as I used to be. But no, not dad bod bad. Um, but you feel a little bit less like your old self. I know that I tried playing football the other day. Um, 26-year-old me. Not as, not as agile as 22-year-old me, I'll tell you that. Don't have time to work out too much because you're working, which happens, especially, you know, it, it, it gets busy, but you want the energy and the body you once had. So then you found out about Nugenics and you felt pretty relieved working out like you used to. It, it's great. Like you get more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging. Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. And if you text college to 231231, you get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. So you text now, text college to 231231. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We're talking about the matchups here for Vanderbilt. We're previewing this game here. And I think, the or for the Vanderbilt game, not previewing matchups for Vanderbilt, but I think the biggest matchup I'm watching for, both quarterbacks versus the pass rushes. Um, or we'll say the front sixes, because obviously, you know, modern football it's a front six, not a front seven. Um, but modern, the front sixes, we'll say. With Mike Wright versus Florida front six, I'm a bit worried. I'm not I'm not super worried, but I'm a bit worried about this just because, I mean, we saw Mike Wright against, uh, against Kentucky last week. He dogged. I'm going to pull up the numbers because it was insane, but he was running all over them. That's something that worries me, not necessarily his arm. Not that he's a bad passer. But he's he's not great. He doesn't want to throw the ball often. Like he wants to run the ball because he kind of knows that's that's what he's best at, and that's fine. Like Anthony Richardson runs the ball a ton because that's what he's best at. But they want to throw the ball 15, 20 times a game and have the rest of their success running the football. Last week against Kentucky, he had a, a fantastic week. He had two scrambles for thirty-one yards. Which does scare me a little bit because it's not like he was trying, like it, he wasn't dropping back a ton to run the ball, uh, to throw the ball and scramble. He'll probably be playing from behind a bit in this game, probably have to drop back a bit more. But he also had seven designed runs for 96 rushing yards against Kentucky. He gashed them. He's done that multiple times this year. Uh, in week one against Hawaii, he had eight carries on designed runs, picked up 148 rushing yards. The next week, he had four carries on designed runs, pick up 55 rushing yards on those attempts. He has been fantastic on designed runs, and in recent weeks, they've started doing it more often because it works. So I'm curious because you're going to see some option. You're going to see some read option, zone read, whatever you want to call it. You're going to see him look look at that backside end or edge, we'll say. He's going to look at that backside edge, and if you take too many steps in, He's going to outrun you. I'm worried about that because we saw that with guys like, we've seen it this season, with guys like Prince Liuman Mielin has taken too far of a step in and a quarterback will run out wide. But I don't think Florida's played a quarterback 
as good running the football as Mike Wright is. And by meaning by saying like he's not as good, I think they might have played someone who's faster. I don't know if they played someone who's faster, but they might have played someone who's faster. I don't think they played someone who's as talented as a runner as Mike Wright. So that worries me, not just as a designed runner with the zone read, but also his scramble ability as an improviser. I don't think he's the type that's really going to extend plays a ton. He's not going to Anthony Richardson plow through people, but he can outrun you. And he, and he outran Kentucky consistently last week. As far as Anthony Richardson versus Vanderbilt, it's less about his running ability. It's more so about their pass rush specifically. I guess for Anthony Richardson, we say the front four. For the pass rush, that's not worrisome, but something to keep an eye on because I think this is a massive advantage for Florida. This Vanderbilt defense, the pass rush specifically, is not good. Vanderbilt pass rush, the leading pass rusher, has 13 pressures this season. That is what we call in the industry bad. Um, no way around it for just for point of reference. Florida has one, two, three, four, five guys with that many pressures. One of them is an off-ball linebacker. One of them isn't even on the team anymore, hasn't played in two games. So Florida, you've got the clear advantage here if you're looking at just pass rush, but also when we're looking at specifically Vanderbilt, the thing that does not worry me is that, one, they're not good at generating pressure. I'm not talking sacks. I'm talking pressures. They have 13 pressures, 12 pressures, and then everybody else is single digits. They're not good at generating pressure. Even worse, they're bad at converting those pressures into sacks. The people who have good uh, like, like pressure to sack ratio are off ball players who blitz and then get in and they're usually unaccounted for. Uh, they're not going to do that a ton. They'll probably do it a little bit with Anthony Richardson's mobility. They'll probably try to rush the pocket, push the pocket a little bit more. But Vanderbilt naturally just over the course of the season is bad at generating pressure. Anthony Richardson statistically fantastic at evading sacks. He's good at getting around pressure. He's good at even when you get a hand on him, he can make a play still. He has a strong enough arm where we saw it. Uh, I I think it was the Tennessee game. They had his ankles wrapped up, and he still just, just full out of his arm and his hips just threw that ball. And it was accurate, and it was fast. He's very good at extending plays, obviously. He's very good at evading sacks and evading pressure. If you're already bad at getting pressure and you've got to deal with Anthony Richardson in the backfield, dog, just drop 11 into coverage because you're not going to have a good time. You're not. Vanderbilt's just not a good pass rushing team. Works out very well for Florida, especially when they want to run the ball as much as they want to run it. But when they drop back to pass, Anthony Richardson should have all day. We know Justin Shorter's back. We know Xavier Henderson's out. Marcus Burke, Ricky Pearsall, and Justin Shorter are the three starting receivers this week. By the way, congrats, Marcus Burke. Let him run straight. I also want to say the reason that Caleb Douglas is not a starting receiver is because I, I mentioned this with Hayden Hansen. He's been learning how to play the X receiver. That's what Justin Shorter plays. You don't put two X receivers on the field. They run the same routes. So you got to have a different player. There we go. Um, but another thing that I touched on in the last segment, and this is a matchup that I am concerned about as far as throwing the ball. Um, wide receivers or pass catchers versus the cold. 
I know I touched on it last segment a bit where I was like, hey, neither of these teams are used to it. Why are, Why is that an important factor that I feel like people are not acknowledging enough? It's very difficult, and I'm talking strictly pass catcher. It is very difficult to catch a ball in this cold. Okay? We know that. Like, like watch any Packers receiver. They talk about, yeah, Aaron Rodgers throws the ball hard. It's cold. It hurts. You know who else throws the ball really freaking hard a lot? Anthony Richardson. It's another thing where it's like, oh, like, like he throws the ball very hard. Gators receivers will probably have issues trying to reel in those fast passes. This, if there's ever been a game where Anthony Richardson needs to throw with touch, this is the game because your receivers are going to hate you if you are fireballing that thing in at them. I, I know that I've, I've mentioned, you know, I, I live in New York. I played in a football league up here. I played in the Winter League in New York City. It is hard to catch a fast pass in the cold especially for folks who aren't used to the cold, which is both teams. Both teams not used to playing in the cold. Both sides, receivers, not used to playing in the cold. Vanderbilt has dudes from Florida on the team. They're used to Florida. Like Florida has obviously a lot of guys from Florida. They're used to Florida. This is not a, I I know it's not snowing, so you don't have to worry about that, or at least it's not supposed to right now at the time of recording. But this is still a thing where Florida's receivers, Vanderbilt's receivers are going to have issues catching of the ball. On the bright side, for everybody watching, it's probably going to be a, a relatively quick game, if if you want a quick game, um, because they're probably going to be running the ball so much. If they do try to throw the ball, probably going to have a lot of incompletions and probably going to see more drops than you've seen in the game this season from the Florida Gators. But that doesn't change anything. Florida Gators, you should win this game. And I'm going to tell you by how much, but first... Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. The Florida Gators are currently 14-point favorites against Vanderbilt this Saturday, two days away. We all know Florida, historically this season, doesn't cover when they're favored until last week when they covered by a lot, which is probably part of the reason this spread is 14. A two-touchdown spread is a lot. I don't care if it's Vanderbilt. That's a lot. That being said, I'm taking it. Um, I just am. That's what I'm doing. But with Bet Online, you can bet on football, basketball, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball. Make money with this thing. Make money with it, especially women's college basketball. Odds usually usually pretty clear what's going to happen. Have some fun with it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's episode of Locked On Gators, it's prediction time. I will say this is the part that really sucks about not having a, a Vanderbilt host is that I was so looking forward to talking trash to somebody. Um, next week, hopefully the Florida State guys and I can schedule something because I want to talk trash to them. But I've said it. I'm talking trash now. I'm not being nice anymore. Bowl game. Hope it's someone that has a show because I want to talk trash to them too. Florida right now, like I just mentioned in the ad before, Florida's minus 14 on Bet Online. That's a lot. And yes, Florida historically has not covered the spread when they're favorites. But Florida should dominate this game. Like, and I mean, dominate. Like, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna alt spread that. Be like, yeah, I'm gonna take Florida. 
18 and a half or 19 and a half, and I'm going to be comfortable with it. I think Florida wins this game 34 to 14. Uh, that's my exact score prediction. I think the only one that I was very close with was Utah, so it's been a while. Um, <laughs> but that that's still what I'm doing. Florida Gators should run this ball. Uh, the weather means you want to run the ball. Florida Gators should win this game, dominate this game. The weather means you want to run the ball, right? Okay. Florida ran all over Texas A&M, who is the worst run defense in the SEC in terms of yards per carry. Florida ran all over South Carolina, who is third worst in run defense in the SEC in terms of yards per carry. You know who number two is? Well, who the second worst team is in terms of yards per carry against the run? It's Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. It's a cold game, so you want to run the ball. You're a good running team, so you want to run the ball. You're playing against one of the worst run defenses in the conference, so you want to run the ball. Like, this is just so clear to me. I don't care if Anthony Richardson doesn't throw the ball a single time. I genuinely don't. I don't care. if You know, I I was just talking about how receivers, you're probably going to have a hard time catching the ball. It's cold. He throws the ball fast. It's probably going to hurt your hands. Then don't throw the ball. (laughs) Then, Then don't. Like, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to throw the ball. I know the depth chart finally had three tight ends listed on it because it was, uh, they had... Jonathan Odom, Dante Sanders, and Keon Zipper, because Keon Zipper is questionable. Put them all on the field and just run the ball. I, I don't care. This is a game where Florida should absolutely dominate. If they just run the ball the huge majority of the time, they're going to annihilate Vanderbilt. Annihilate them. It, it won't be close, I promise you. So Florida, run the ball, preferably cover the spread, or I guess Florida win the game, preferably cover the spread, and walk away happy. Because this is a game where you should dominate, you should annihilate, you are the better team. Yet again, third week in a row, where you are clearly the better team. Win that game, walk away with a happy win, get ranked in the late 20s. I think they will be ranked in the late 20s if they win this game handedly. Go into Florida State and have a ranked versus ranked game. And then whoop their you-know-whats. Simple as that. That, that, that. That's my blueprint for the remainder of the season. If you beat Florida State, I don't care about a bowl game. I don't care what happens in the bowl game. You beat Florida State, I'm happy. Florida Gators should win this game by three touchdowns. They should kick their you-know-whats. I want to say it so bad, but I know some of you guys listen with, car, with kids in the car, kids near you, so I won't. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you know what I'm trying to get to. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow previewing how Florida can beat Vanderbilt. Hint, it's going to include running the football. Uh, There's also, I I might start the show with this. There's a schematic thing that I want to talk about that Florida does that I really love. I don't know if I'll make it a bonus episode or if I'll do it in the episode tomorrow. Uh, I haven't figured that out yet, but I, I love that Florida's doing it now. It's awesome. But for your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.